Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. Have you ever built a fort in your house or gone on a trip to the moon? When I was little, my friend and I often used to build a fort in my room with blankets, and my bedroom floor often became the ocean around my bed, which was the boat floating in the ocean. In this episode, Johnny and Janie build a flying machine, but are a little surprised at where it takes them. Johnny and Janie fly away to the moon. Grandpa had finished building the chicken coop, and he walked out in front of the house to speak to a neighbor. Johnny and Janie, who had been watching Grandpa with such interest, grew tired of waiting for his return. Let's build a flying machine, Johnny said after a while. Grandpa has finished and will not need the boards that are left, and we can find plenty of nails. Do you think we can build a flying machine? asked Janie, delighted at the idea. Easily, Johnny told her. Of course, we can't make one that will really fly, but we can pretend that it goes way up in the air. It will be loads of fun, cried Janie, and she jumped up and down and smiled. So Johnny got an old box and nailed four or five boards to the sides for wings. It should have a sail, Janie said. Yes, it needs a sail and a mast and a rudder, replied Johnny. Run in and ask Grandma for an old sheet to make the sail of, will you, Janie? I'll be putting on the mast and the rudder. When Janie came running back with an old sheet, she said, I just thought we must have something to start and stop the flying machine with. So Grandma gave me two empty spools. We can use them. Just the thing, Johnny answered. I'll put them at the front of the box and label one start and the other stop. How can we guide the flying machine when we get to flying, Janie asked. When we make believe we are flying, I mean. I've put only one nail in the rudder, Johnny replied, so that by pulling on these strings, we can guide it. See? And Johnny showed his sister how the board with only one nail in it turned from side to side as he pulled the strings. Oh, that's Fine, Janie exclaimed. I'll ask Grandma if we may have some lunch to take with us on our trip. And she ran into the house. When Janie came out with a tiny basket of lunch, Johnny had marked Polly Ann on both sides of the box. 
he had fastened the sail made from the old sheet to a stick and ran a string through a screw-eye so that the sail could be raised or lowered whenever they might wish. Let's see, Johnny mused. Have we everything we need? Well, here are the wings, the rudder, the start and stop spools, and the sail, Janie told him. I think that's all, don't you? All right then, sis, put the lunch on one of the sails. No, no, no. And Johnny hammered a nail on one side of the box. Hang the basket of lunch there and climb in. It's going to be a tight squeeze for both of us, but it won't take this flying machine long to get to Mars or Venus or the moon. And we can get out and rest on some of the stars if we get tired. Let's go to the moon first and then to the Milky Way, Janie cried. All right, if you are ready, Johnny agreed as he sat in the bottom of the box in front of Janie. Hold your hat, sis, for here she goes. And Johnny turned one of the spools in the front of the box. Oh, isn't the view grand from up here, Johnny? Janie cried. See, there is Grandma's house way down below, and we are getting closer to the moon all the time. Those are strange birds flying by, sis, said Johnny, who could make believe any way he liked. Can you make out what they are? Yes, Janie answered, as she looked at the chickens in the yard. They are eagles. See that beautiful big one with the red comb? That's a rock. My, I wish this flying machine would really fly, Johnny said a little later, but it's fun pretending anyways. Let's get out at the next star, sis, and eat our lunch. I didn't eat much breakfast, and I'm hungry. All right, said Janie, who wasn't tired of the play either. Wait a minute. As Johnny started to climb out of the box, you forgot to stop the flying machine. Well, I'll bring it to a stop very slowly, Johnny told her, so that we won't strike these mountaintops and tip over. And he turned the stop spool a fraction of an inch. Neither of the children were prepared for what followed. The Pollyann shot up over the fence, suddenly scattering the startled chickens in all directions. And as Johnny and Janie crouched low in the box, the familiar objects about the farm whizzed by them like bullets. <gasps> we are really going, Janie gasped as they sped upward. I feel as if I'd like to jump. At this, Johnny caught his sister's foot and held it tight. Don't look over the side until you get used to flying, he cautioned her very wisely. Twist the other spool, Janie told him. I don't like to be up so high, everything seems so small. Johnny gave the other spool a twist and the flying machine swept ahead at twice its former speed. You're twisting the wrong spool. Janie screamed. You must have been twisting the wrong one all this time somehow. See, you've been twisting the one marked start. Sure enough, that's just what I did, Johnny admitted. Well, 
I'll twist the other now. The flying machine came to such a sudden halt that the children were almost thrown from the box, and the basket of lunch was whirled off its nail so suddenly that it flew straight ahead of the flying machine for nearly a hundred feet before it curved to the earth. The children watched it curve and circle as it fell. Then the paper came off and there was a regular shower of sandwiches, donuts, and small cakes. Now, mister, you be careful or we'll never get back, Janie cried as she clutched her brother tightly by the collar. Send the flying machine down to the ground again, Johnny, please do. But the flying machine, when it stopped, hung suspended in the air, although when Johnny gently twisted the start spool and it started off again, it went in the opposite direction from the earth. It won't go down, cried Johnny as he brought the flying machine to a stop again. What shall we do? Well, if it won't go down, there's nothing we do but go on, Janie answered. It's all your fault for building the flying machine. Now, sis, that isn't fair, cried Johnny. You know you suggested putting on the spools, and if we'd left them off, we shouldn't have started. What we should have thought of was something to make the flying machine go up and down as we wanted. Now it only goes ahead or stops. Try guiding it with the rudder, Janie suggested. So Johnny twisted the start spool, and as the flying machine started forward, he pulled on one of the rudder strings. The flying machine slowly turned and flew in a large circle. We can't do it, Janie cried, the tears coming to her eyes. We can't make it go down as we want to. We're only flying in a circle above Grandma's farm, see? Grandma and Grandpa and a lot of other people are out looking for us. Sure enough, so far below that they looked like tiny specks of dust, the children could see their grandparents and many of the neighbors watching them as they sailed. Johnny brought the flying machine to a stop directly over Grandma and Grandpa and the neighbors and they could hear Grandpa calling to them quite distinctly. The children called back at the top of their voices, but they couldn't make Grandma and Grandpa hear. Johnny tried twisting first one spool and then the other, but this jerked the flying machine so much that his sister objected. She said she would rather go on than stay just where they were doing nothing. So the children took off their hats and waved farewell to the people below. And Johnny, twisting the start spool gently at first, increased the speed until the flying machine sped along like a meteor, leaving the farm far below and behind. The different colors in the fields gave the earth a sort of patchwork effect. But as the flying machine climbed higher and higher, the yellows and greens and blues 
blended together until the earth was more the color of an opal. In fact, the children now saw a continuous change of colors, ranging from a deep yellow to a bluish purple, with every now and then a speck of crimson as the sunlight glanced along a hill. Isn't it beautiful? Janie cried. I don't feel as if I wish to jump anymore, do you? No, I don't feel like jumping, her brother answered, and he stopped the flying machine so that he could see better. Look, sis, what causes that yellow blaze down there? They both looked over the side of the flying machine and saw the earth bathed in a sheen of gold, with here and there glimpses of brilliant purple showing. Oh, I know what it is now, Janie cried pleasantly. A thunderstorm has just passed between us and the earth, and the sun is shining on the clouds. Look, see the lightning? A faint rumble came up to them like someone rolling potatoes down a wooden trough, and a vivid streak of blue zigzagged through the yellow of the clouds. The purple we see is the earth in shadow beneath the clouds, Johnny concluded after a while. The children watched the strange sight for a long time before they decided to go on. Then they looked away for a moment, and when they looked back toward the earth, they could not find it at once. They had traveled so far that the earth now seemed no larger than a bright star and but for the fact that it was almost beneath them, they never would have recognized it at all. Lots of other stars could be plainly seen now. The moon had grown to an enormous size. In fact, it almost filled the sky behind them. The children were greatly surprised to see it. They had been watching the stars in front of them, and they had not once turned their heads the other way. What is that? Janie cried suddenly as she grasped her brother's arm and pulled one of the rudder strings so that the flying machine swung around to face the moon. Johnny was so startled at the wonderful sight that he gave the stop spool a twist and brought the flying machine to a stop with a jerk. It must be the moon, said Johnny in an odd voice, after he had looked at the enormous object in speechless amazement for fully five minutes. It is the moon, Janie agreed. See, there is the man in the moon's face, as plain as day. And there are mountains and valleys, too. See? The moon, seen from where the children viewed it, was of a pale bluish-greenish tint, except where the rays of the sun slanted across the mountain peaks and into the deep valleys. It seemed to Johnny and Janie as though they were looking through beautiful blue-green glass down into a deep well, for wherever the sun did not shine or was not reflected, From the mountains into the valleys, the moon's surface was black. So black that it made the rest of the moon seem transparent. This seemed to the children very strange. 
Say, sis, Johnny exclaimed. This can't be the moon after all. It must be some extra big star. I believe it is the moon, said his sister, for you can see the face of the man in the moon quite plainly. But it is a great deal larger than it usually is, and it doesn't look quite as it does from the earth. But see, there are the man's eyes and nose and mouth. Yes, I see it now, Johnny admitted, but it isn't exactly the same view we have from the earth. You are right, Johnny, said Janie after a moment. It isn't the same view. We must have passed to the other side of the moon. Johnny started the flying machine again and steered it toward the moon. And as they whirled around the side of the moon, the part that resembled a man's face twisted about until it disappeared. I can't tell whether we are getting closer to the moon or not, cried Johnny anxiously. Presently, however, they saw the face of the man in the moon coming around from the other side. We must have made a complete circuit of the moon, Janie decided. See, Johnny? The rudder is pulled over to one side. That's the reason. Johnny pulled the rudder string until the flying machine was aimed right at the moon, and they approached it at great speed. Slow down, Johnny, Janie cried when they could make out all the mountaintops and valleys very distinctly. It feels too much as if we are falling when we go so fast. So Johnny twisted the start spool backwards until they were flying very slowly and seemed to be floating down toward the moon's surface as lightly as a feather. The flying machine was still headed directly toward the moon and this gave the children the impression that they were falling. But Johnny, by pulling the rudder about occasionally, steered the flying machine so that they landed among large mushrooms and strange ferns, instead of on the mountaintops or in the deep valleys that they had seen on the other side of the moon. For, although the children did not know this, they had passed around the side of the moon that always faces the earth and had landed in the magical land of Noom. And that is the end of our story. Good night. Sleep tight.